Hello and welcome to Dive In With Me, a podcast produced and researched by the Fondation EME. This podcast aims to shine a light on different subjects related to the benefits of music. For this episode, we are very happy to welcome Kiriaki Pafiu. Kiriaki was born in Cyprus and studied civil engineering and music. She is currently studying music psychology in education, performance and well-being at the University of Sheffield. Her field of interest is special music education because she wants to support the participation of children with disabilities in music education. In this episode, we discuss her recent research about the impact of music in the lives of individuals who have Down syndrome. We discuss how she came to the idea of this research, her methodology, and some of the results that came out of it. We go through some technical problems during the recording, so please bear with us. Without further ado, may I present you Kiriaki Pafiu. Hi Kiriaki, how are you today? Hi Sarah, I'm fine, thanks. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> yeah, thank you for, for taking the time to, to do this with us today. So as everyone, you need to answer the first question. So what's okay. your favorite music? Okay, I, I like all kinds of music. I listen to everything, but okay, my favorite music is classical music. And I I love the, mostly I love the composers of the romantic period, yes. Oh, me too. So who's your, do you have a favorite computer, a favorite piece in between that period? No, I don't really have a favorite <laughs> piece. I just, at the time, I listen more to Brahms' works, let's say. Uh, I also like uh, listening to traditional folk songs. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're very theatrical and funny. So, yeah, that's also one of my favorites. <laughs> Matt, you're here today with us to talk a bit about the research that you are currently doing. So, maybe. Could you explain a bit what you're researching and how it came to it as well? Well, yes. Firstly, I'd like to say I'm very happy from being able to to work on this project. It it it, it all started by uh, by my relatives and friends who have some uh, intellectual disability, and I was always uh, pleasantly surprised to see how happy they were when uh, we were listening to music or singing or going to a concert. And then, uh, as a music student, I noticed that um, there weren't any people with intellectual disability in my classes. <laughs> Later on, as a music teacher myself and as a member in different uh, samples, again, I saw that there weren't so many people with uh, uh, disabilities participating in these activities. Uh, so... Uh, that's how I started thinking that I would like to do something about that. And okay, I was always so happy uh, during and after my musical activities. And I thought that this is something that uh, everyone should be able to experience. Uh, and then I, I had to, to choose a group of people in order for the study to be designed. And I chose to work uh, with people who have Down syndrome. So Down syndrome is a condition which a person in which like a person has an extra chromosome. Yeah. And um, so there, there are different types of 
Down syndrome, if I understand correctly? Yes, there are three types of Down syndrome. But the main thing is that there is a variation mm-hmm. within this population of people, like any other population of people. So uh, we shouldn't generalize uh, their their condition or the effects that the syndrome has on each one of them. Um, yeah, yeah, like we should never generalize about people. Of course, like for <laughs> everyone, yes. So the, the, the common thing, let's say, that mm-hmm. uh, uh, individuals who have Down syndrome are facing, one of the common things at least, to different degrees, it's the uh, learning difficulties. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yes, and in, with this study, I tried to see how music uh, can have an impact and improve their learning ability. Um, and so what makes makes the learning ability different of individual yes. maybe who have Down syndrome or learning deficiency? That's very interesting, actually, because uh, there are congenital and environmental uh, factors that influence mm-hmm. the learning ability. The congenital factors are, of course, the the health and the cognitive effects of the syndrome. That's very clear. But on top of that, there are some environmental and psychological reasons that affect their learning ability. And I think this is the place where uh, we can help to have some improvement. For example, um, uh, it has been suggested that their learning history involves very uh, high failure rates. Uh, it takes them very long periods of time for skill acquisition and for consolidating learning. Mm-hmm. Um, some studies have suggested that uh, some individuals who have Down syndrome are aware of the stereotypes uh, associated to the syndrome and their intelligence. Okay. So that's also something that affects them and and. Even more, sometimes they're aware of the low expectations that other people might have from them. Siblings, uh, family members, uh, peers, teachers, uh, again, due to the stereotypes around the, this chromosomal condition. So all, all these uh, things uh, create another barrier for their mm-hmm. development and add to their existing difficulties in learning. Yeah, it's really sad if you think about it that yes. there's a stereotype about about you and that you are well aware of it and that maybe that could stop you from developing like skills or being something. No? It affects it's... the self beliefs. Yes. And yes. The uh, from what I have been reading, uh, I. Uh, the fact that this chromosomal condition has these facial characteristics. Mm-hmm. People who have Down syndrome have, have some specific characteristics. So it's very obvious that they have uh, Down syndrome. And that makes it even more, you know. Um, yeah, I you cannot they, hide they, it. They rea- yes, they yeah. cannot hide it. And they, they are, I, I think, and from my very limited experience, I think that they are aware uh, of their uh, condition, yes. I okay. think they are aware that uh, they have some difficulties okay. and that things are not so easy for them to accomplish sometimes. But are there really difficulties or is it more like society imposing those difficulties because we are not open enough? 
Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, because, okay, so in your research, you are trying to find out if musical experiences can help the learning attitudes uh, or, the, or facilitate learning. Um, so how do you try to find the results to, to this? Yeah. So uh, an online survey was conducted and uh, parents had to complete a questionnaire uh, with questions around their children's musical uh, environment. Mm -hmm. And they also had to state their own beliefs on the impact of music on, on their children's learning ability. Um, in the questionnaire, there were also two standardized uh, tests measuring uh, the levels of mastery motivation and self-regulation. So in this way, I tried to see whether uh, more frequent uh, musical activities or more frequent uh, music lessons would be associated to higher levels of mastery motivation or self-regulation. Yeah. Um, if you say self Promoting self-regulation, what could you explain a bit further yes. what you mean by that? Sure, yes. Uh, mastery motivation and self-regulation are two very fundamental uh, aspects of learning. Uh, we can see mastery motivation as the intrinsic drive to try to accomplish a goal or to master a skill, while self-regulation is, is the ability to set a goal and to manage uh, one's behavior and emotions uh, towards the accomplishment of that goal. They're interconnected concurrently. And uh, yes, you need mastery motivation to be able to, to set the goal, let's say, and mm -hmm. then through self-regulated behavior to, to move towards the targeted goal. Yeah. So in music, this would translate to trying to learn an instrument or trying to play something and that would be the goal that you set yourself and then you still yeah and then the motivation to to really enjoy playing it and rehearsing it and uh, coming to the end of like yeah I can now play this yeah it's it's the feeling of success Mm -hmm. through a musical activity or through learning how to play an instrument. This is a successful learning experience that uh, that uh, helps people to see their intelligence as, as something that uh, is a result of hard work and not mm -hmm. as something that is fixed. And by having this mindset and growth mindset, uh, we'll bring more uh, better learning outcomes the way we see ourselves and our intelligence and our, our skills, let's say, it affects the way we approach new learning challenges mm -hmm. and the amount of effort maybe that we might put into a new task. But just, yeah, so what you're saying is like the image that people with learning difficulties have maybe of themselves could create a barrier to them playing music or, or even trying to to play music or to learn an instrument? I mean, these deficiencies in, in yeah. motivation, self-regulation uh, seem to be a barrier for all mm -hmm. learning, for all subjects. Yeah, yeah. 
but what, what, what I try to see here is if uh, is whether their their involvement with music and the successful experiences in mm-hmm. music because music is a place that everyone can be successful. So I'm trying to see if if this experience would make them stronger mm-hmm. and in simple words boost their self-confidence and their motivation levels in order to see other learning challenges in a more, you know, a positive way and, yeah, more persistent way. And also to give them self-confidence to learn new things because they, as you said, they have then, then the confidence that they did something really great in, in music and maybe that can boost them to do other things as well. Yes. So this is what we, we as the uh, Amy Foundation believe in as well, that everybody can play and, and understand uh, music and that it can break down so many barriers, uh, different kind of barriers, of course, but that if you come together and you do music in whatever kind of way that you want to do it, uh, at the end of the workshop or the concert or whatever, you come up with such a feeling of success and of self-confidence yes. because you did something great and if you do it together even it's it's still better it's happy moments and moments where you enjoy and even if that was all of it i mean there was nothing more again i think everyone should be able to to have these experiences as often as they want yes well even yeah happy moments are already a good goal to set yes <laughs> that also makes you stronger as a person yeah yeah and it can create new relationships new new friends new yeah we, we've seen it so often that people at the end of a project or a workshop just tell us i was so happy during this so your research where are you and have there been findings Uh, first i'd like to explain that i investigated musical involvement and musical uh training separately okay so i i saw musical involvement as uh singing being sung to um dancing to music listening to music uh attending concerts or participating in concerts and stuff like that and uh, musical training, on the other hand, was seen as participating in, in a private or group um, instrumental or singing lessons. Okay. So we saw that uh, musical involvement was associated with some improvements in mastery motivation aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, private instrumental or singing lessons were associated to uh, improvements in mastery motivation aspects and self-regulation aspects. That was very nice. And group lessons, though, uh, were associated only to improvements in mastery uh, motivation aspects. So there was this difference between private and group instrumental uh, or singing music lessons. Uh, a, a possible explanation could be that uh, individuals who have Down syndrome are sometimes more attentive towards uh, social aspects and not mm-hmm. to their cognitive task. So that's something that maybe could be, I don't know, given some consideration for further studies, maybe. Um, also, we had some open questions in the questionnaire, where, mm-hmm. as I told you before, parents uh, could 
state their beliefs on the impact of music on their mm -hmm. children. That was very interesting because they were almost unanimous on their um, answers. So Can they you share what they said? <laughs> yes, so I'm happy to do that. Yesterday I identified six aspects where musical involvement and musical training um, impact their children's learning ability. Uh, first one was the um, psychological aspect where they mentioned improvements in self-confidence, in motivation and in achievement. Then we had the emotional aspect where they mentioned mood regulation. It makes them have better mood and feel better and positive emotions generally. Then they emphasize the social aspect, saying that musical activities allow for participation, for social interactions, equal opportunities, uh, collaboration. Mm -hmm. That was a really strong point uh, in the data set. Then we had the cognitive aspects, where they mentioned improvements in speech and language, in memory, concentration, information processing. Mm -hmm. uh, they gave a lot of examples that that was also very nice. Uh, physical aspect where they see improvements in their children's motor skills, hearing and eyes control. And lastly, they, they uh, almost everyone mentioned the artistic aspect of music and, and, and they were saying how music allows their children to express themselves and very often in a non-verbal way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is true because you can express so much with music so it makes sense that yeah that that was one of the positive aspects and also memory for me it makes total sense because if you if you rehearse something over and over again it can have positive uh, reactions on your memory and it's also something that's very well researched within people uh, who have dementia that music can positively impact um the memory aspect uh, of the brain yes of course what what was there something that you were more most surprised with these findings or did you know about that these would be the results of it <laughs> I was just hoping and, uh, <laughs> okay, I have to say it was very difficult to get responses. Okay. Uh, and I was not expecting that. I contacted the Cyprus Down Syndrome Association. Uh, they were happy to help and everything, but I had very low response rate. The Association of UK uh, has been very, very helpful. They even created a, a, a web page about mm -hmm. this project. And they published it to their members. And I think the best thing for me was when people would just send an email to share their mm -hmm. musical experiences and to say how happy and how proud they were with what they have been doing uh, with music. So that, that made me feel really nice. Yeah. Do you think that maybe from the study we could also take away something for all human beings that um, music could be a facilitator for learning for everyone. I think, uh, I mean, uh, a key element for learning is one's uh, self-beliefs about intelligence, for example. So I think that music can provide uh, successful experiences that can enable uh, everyone to see intelligence as something that can be improved. 
and not as something fixed. Yeah, we should open up music more to to everyone and and try to have as many people having access to music as possible because as you, yeah, as we just talked about it, it can have so many positive aspects. Um and it can empower people so much yes. that it's sad that we're still in a yeah that we still live in a society where there are so many barriers to it. Do you want to go deeper in maybe the uh, participation aspect of children with disabilities in music education? I mean, yes, uh, of course. The, the way I see it is that uh, uh, we need more uh, music teachers who are trained on how to teach individuals uh, who have uh, any kind of intellectual disability. <laughs> It's important uh, for them also to be to be informed uh, and able to teach each one depending on their abilities and their needs and, and they should be able to provide uh, an appropriate learning environment for every student. I, I, for me, I think this is the, the way to go in order to uh, have more inclusion in, in music education, at least. Um, music teachers also need um, yeah, the, edu the, the, the training to do, to do and to know maybe what different kinds of methods they could use also yes. because there are different kind of kinds of methods and um it's still like uh at the moment music's often taught in this very traditional uh manner and but i know that many more young uh, musicians are really open to new methods and to new uh yeah methods to teach music um and this not only goes for children with learning difficulties or children with Down syndrome, but for all the children, because not everyone uh, thinks the same as yes. as we think in the traditional matter that uh, kids do. Um, and so I, I'm really hopeful that enough, there are enough voices uh, now <laughs> uh, in all the countries so that we can together like change, change the the education part a bit and, and open it up a bit more to everyone. Yeah, there have been studies where music teachers try to modify instruments mm -hmm. to to make them more, uh, uh, how to say, more easy to use for mm -hmm. a student who had some difficulties. Um, I mean, this is also a solution, but it's very delicate. Uh, this is why I'm saying that music teachers need to be well-informed Uh, about all the aspects that might come with uh, intellectual disability, uh, because sometimes it can even backfire mm -hmm. uh, if you try to present uh, an instrument that does not really resemble the instrument that the student already knows or the instrument that he's hoping to play. So uh, I think yes, it, it takes a lot of uh, uh, training and uh, yeah, effort. Mm -hmm. to find the right way and to help each one yeah because then it goes back to the stigma that you you talked to in the beginning of like uh if you already know that people see you as different and as not able to do something and then you go into a music course and uh, someone gives you 
yeah, you get something else than what you try to get, then yes. of course it's really fr frustrating as well. Yes, something less. If they get yes. something less. Maybe if it's presented in the right way or more openly discussed that you could play instruments in different kinds of ways. But as long as the teacher is aware of mm -hmm. what the student might be thinking and, and what his, uh, his learning history is and how mm -hmm. the student sees uh, himself and uh, yes, all these things that unfortunately have an impact on students. Mm -hmm. these other aspects yeah yeah maybe you can like recommend uh, something a book or a movie or music that uh, listeners can can enjoy and get yeah into to learn further within the subject or something really different that you want to recommend <laughs> okay, I would recommend uh, recommend uh, Oliver Sacks' books, uh, Musicophilia and uh, The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. I think they're very <laughs> relevant to our talk. Okay. Uh, Oliver Sacks was a neurologist, uh, an author, and an amateur musician. Mm -hmm. And uh, in these books, one can read his observations and his experiences with some of his patients. Uh, what I like about his books and his writing is that he he saw uh, every one of his patients as an individual and not as, as someone defined by their disease or their syndrome. Um, in his book, Musicophilia, he describes cases where people were affected by music in very intriguing ways. And, and then he explains the, the neural underpinnings of music in the human brain. And I think uh, especially those stories are, are fascinating. Yes. yes. So we will put it in, in the show notes so that everyone can look into this book more. And uh, I really want to do that as well because this... <laughs> Seems really uh, interesting, and I have yes. Thank I you have so much for being with us today and for sharing your thoughts and your findings within this research. Uh, and I hope that everybody goes to right 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 for the the ending of the of the publishing. And yeah, I don't. There, there could, there's still publishing to go. No, uh, it will be submitted at the university now for yeah. my. Graduation, yeah. So good yeah. luck for that. Thanks, thanks a lot. <laughs> but it will, I, I think it will be good because this feels like the right research to do. And uh, I mean, if the results were so positive, then your results will be positive. Well, I believe in it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. And for thank inviting you. me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So see you soon and have a nice day. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Devin With Me by Fondation Aimé. This podcast was made possible by our dear partner, André Loche Fondation. Music was made by Taipan, mix and mastering by Taipan as well. Devin With Me releases two episodes a month. For more information on the Fondation Aimé, go to our website, fondation-aimé.lu. Thank you and hear you soon. <laughs>